Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to this week's edition of Tuesday Night Jaw, brought to you by Acast and the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, yes, yes. So it's been a week or two um, as as I continue with this bi-weekly, yes, bi-weekly setup um, for now. Um, as, as I sort of try and get a grip slash handle on this isolation slash quarantine slash mad, mad times situation that we're currently finding ourselves in. Uh, massive adjustment period, I'm not going to lie, um, in terms of of a lot of things, you know. Um, but, but with the podcast, you know, it's just finding the right times, um, the right pace, the right subject to make sure that it's the best for you guys i mentioned on twitter the other day and i've noticed a lot of the archived episodes or older episodes are getting quite a lot of listens and if that's sort of to believe be believed i guess that's a lot of people that are catching up 
or taking time to go back and listen to some stuff so i really really appreciate that it's really cool that 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 it's that you know engagement not just on a weekly or bi-weekly thing you know there's people taking time out of the day to still to still listen to content so it's cool man it really does help motivate me to to want to continue to do stuff over this very weird period um i'm going to say that quite a lot because it is absolutely mental um so thank you very much and thank you very much to distraction pieces as usual being the awesome podcast network um, I believe we have got something in the works at the minute that we're doing a bit of a collaboration. Um, being the diva that I am, I got Jim Smallman to do my contribution um, because I've got to regain the power somehow, you know. I've got to take moments like that for me now, uh, myself now. So there might be something coming up in the future. There's loads of wicked podcasts coming out of Distraction Pieces at the minute. Um, check out the Drunk Cast they did. It's a little bit, It's a few. I think it's about a month old now, a few weeks old. Um, just listen to it and just enjoy it. Hopefully, it'll, it'll lift your spirits during this time. And obviously, there's there's an, a load of other stuff on on our network for you guys to check out, which I know you guys do. So we all really appreciate that as a crew, a two live crew. Wow, dated reference. Okay, so this week's episode is the usual monthly Q and A. Uh, it's my chance to get you guys to ask me some questions and before i go on i'm going to make a point Uh, i'm recording this in a slightly different manner this week um uh, and then in the manner that i'm doing it is hopefully going to cancel out a lot of background noise um and hopefully you can hear me better because you know we're living in a situation where everyone's at home or everyone's out in the park so there's a lot of background noise at the minute as i've generally just been trying to to find a quiet time which apparently does not exist now so um there we go so hopefully it sounds a lot better let me know give me some feedback um i i've done a few tests with it and and i think it sounds better i think um so yes but anyway back on the subject so it is the monthly q a um you guys have dropped me some questions uh which i uh, always really appreciate it was a little bit short noticed um for this month's one i'm going to be honest with you mainly because i had an idea in mind about I was actually going to try and live stream this um, via maybe Twitch. I have thought about Instagram Live as well, but I don't know. Instagram Live just, it seems weird to me. Um, But I'm mentioning it just to see if there's any interest of doing a a sort of live stream of TNJ episodes. Um, Q&As are fine. Obviously, you get a lot of interaction with you guys via you know Twitch chat and stuff like that. But if I was going to live stream, I would definitely be hoping to get a guest on with me um, for whatever reason. You know, we'll have a, t- a subject to the, the, the episode. I'll have a theme. So let me know if it is something you're interested in, uh, especially if it is with the Q&A episodes or if it's not or if there's people that you would like me to sit down and have a chat with. Because, again, you know, the one advantage, I guess, of this situation is that people have more spare time um, so should be more accessible in using the means of technology. <laughs> what a weird sentence. But there you go. Yes, right, Q&A episode. Got a few questions in. Appreciate it, love it. Uh, some are some are cracking, to be honest with you, and then there's others that are just going to push me emotionally and physically and mentally. Um, so there we go. <laughs> right, let's dive in to some questions. Right, first question, starting off hot. Who would you rather get beaten up by, Kenta or Kachiori Shibata? 
I mean, that's a question, isn't it? Like, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, there's not really much option there, is there? You know, do you want to get battered badly or do you want to get battered badlier or worse? I don't know. Um, So obviously I'm going to go with like peak Kenta um, and peak Shibata to, you know, to really get the punishment. I mean, I don't want to get battered by either of them. Um, I think, I think if I had to make a decision, it'd be Kenta purely based on the fact that Shabbat has had a, a longer reign of terror, <laughs> I guess. He's obviously got his, his MMA background as well. Not that Kenta doesn't have an incredibly high strike, you know, high level striking background, uh, or want to get kicked by his, you know, um, want to get kicked in the chest by him. But yeah, I think I'm going to go with Kenta just because Shibata scares the living the living bejeebus out of me. So um, yes, I'm going Kenta, I think. Right. Uh, oh, look what it is. It's the usual football question, um, which I welcome with open arms as we reminisce. Reminisce? Remember the times where we were allowed to watch football on TV and in the stands and on the pitches, which sounds like some rallying cry, but it's not. Uh, yeah, I miss football. Um, I do a lot. Um, all right, so I have been asked, what do you think of this season's Norwich City team? I feel like this is just a, a slight modification on the, what do I think of the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre, um, <laughs> which I hope is the reference. Um I've not seen much Norwich. I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest. I mean, obviously not seen much Norwich lately, but even back earlier in the season, um, uh, it's weird now. I, I don't. I kind of, due to a million things, usually work or generally just just life. I don't get to watch as much football as as I'd like, so I tend to sort of end up watching um, midweek games. So it's usually like Europa League and Champions League or whatever BT Sport have got on, so Bundesliga, um, the very occasional league earn. So I've not watched a lot of Premier League, um, but I feel like they're trying something different. They're, they're not just trying to be another side in the league that's sort of dogging it out for survival. They seem to have a structure and a plan, which is interesting, which I think, which I think has been super fascinating in sort of like the last year or two of, of teams that have either gained promotion or are underdog teams that are punching above their weight, but not by the means in which that we used to think of it. So, you know, going long ball, four four two or whatever like that. And, you know, people are trying different things. I mean, you look at like David Wagner's Schalke, um, in comparison from the season before to to this season, they've dropped off a bit or they were dropping off a bit sort of winter winter time in the Bundesliga, but the fact they were nearly relegated the season before and that they were I think they were top of the league at some point. They were definitely in the top four, so like he's changed them massively and he's not done it in a pragmatic way. And yeah, Norwich kind of have that same sort of vibe about them, which is really cool. And I've been reading a lot about Getafe at the minute in, in Spain, who are slightly more pragmatic and a little bit more controversial, given it's the sort of 4-4-2 structure and 
it's very direct and there's a lot of fouls and stuff like that. So I think what's been really interesting, I, th- I think I think it makes football better on a whole that that there's variety and there's teams that aren't you aren't just you aren't just getting your innovation and your variety from your major your major clubs at the minute. Um, that's why I love football. I'm an absolute nerd. Um, I love tactics. I love tactical analysis. I love big data. <laughs> I love stats. Uh, I think I'm American, really. Um, so I, I really love stuff like that. So uh, yeah, more for it. Um, there you go. There's there's the football stuff over with. You can skip that um, <laughs> if you absolutely hate football. Uh, so when I put the, the tweet out, um, I made a reference to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy uh, with the gif of Don't Panic and you can ask me about anything uh, life, the universe, and everything, um, which is a reference. So I was kind of expecting to get a question about it. And the question is, which version of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is the best, the books, radio, TV series, or film? So I've never heard the radio show. Um, I've never read the books fully. I feel like... So my mom was quite into Hitchhiker's when I was little, so I remember the TV series... It was that and Doctor Who that she tried to sort of... <laughs> it was it was Hitchhiker's Doctor Who and Fleetwood Mac that she tried to push on me when I was young. And I kind of rebelled a lot because that's what you do as a kid. And now I really like Fleetwood Mac. I love Doctor Who. Eh, well, I love certain series of Doctor Who. I'm not massively into the, um, the Peter Capaldi series. I kind of stopped watching after Matt Smith, but whatever. We won't get into that. And Hitchhiker's, the film was what sort of made me look at it more and investigate it more um i I genuinely love the film most f is so good in that film the fact it's narrated by stephen fry the fact that alan rickman uh, plays a depressed robot sam rockwell's in it it's it's a great film uh like especially when you go back and watch it and you're kind of like oh my god look at all these people that are in it so I, i think i'm thinking i'm gonna say the film um via the old TV series that that was sort of embedded in me <laughs> as a as a youngster that's sort of now taken form. So there you go, there you go, parents. It does work eventually. Um, we do start rebellion, uh, rebellion. Wow, uh, rebelling at some point in our lives. It just took me until I was about twenty eight. Uh, right, I mentioned his name earlier, and he comes up again. Um, so next question. What was the best pop edge at the 2020 Rumble or Shibata at the G1 Finals? Oh man, that's difficult. Don't make me choose. I love, but I, I genuinely loved both. So the Shibata one, obviously, I think, I think at the time, uh, given my sensibilities, I think that one was the one that hit me more emotionally. At the time, um, you know, because of, of the severity of, of the situation with his injury, uh, you know, where there was genuine, genuine concerns about his health and not that there wasn't about Edge, but there was a, an imme- there was a more immediate worry involved in that. So to see him, you know, come back and be OK. And obviously now he's, he's gone on and, and flourished in this, this role as, as a trainer and a, an ambassador for New Japan. So that one was really, really emotional at the time. The Edge one was really cool because... And again, like, I, I think I'm a bad person for this because I don't... <laughs> this sounds really good. This is going to sound like I'm, I'm trying to, like, 
dunk, but I'm not. I, I, I tend to not listen or look. Oh, right, more accurately, I tend to not look for spoilers about wrestling because um, I, I, I like wrestling in the same way that everyone likes wrestling, you know? Um, I like surprises. I like to be shocked. I like to be drawn in. Um, so I, I, try, I tend to, you know, stay clear of stuff. Obviously, you know, the current nature of Twitter and the internet, you're going to see stuff and hear stuff. So I, what I really liked about the Edge one was that, to my knowledge, you know, no one really knew. And if someone did know, or if, you know, someone sort of had an inkling, I don't think anyone ever thought it would be possible. Um so it was a great shock like it was a real iconic rumble holy shit moment um and then the documentary afterwards i think adds to it uh if you've not seen the edge i think it's 24 uh, edge 24/7 I, I can never remember the title of the, the wwe stuff that they do but uh, the basically the documentary about edge's journey to that rumble and all the stuff that went behind, on behind backstage actually made me um I'm way more emotionally invested in it. Um, not that you know it wasn't emotional, it wasn't awesome, but yeah, that's that 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 documentary series really fleshed it out and made me understand the the real like gravity of the situation. Also, there's a great bit with Christian in it. Um, essentially, like Christian's like, yeah, everyone was going up to him saying it was awesome and stuff like that, and like I just walked up to him and was like, yeah, it was all right, pretty solid, which just like. It just, it just, it really got, it like made me chuckle because that's such the attitude that we all have <laughs> with towards friends when they're successful, or I do anyway. Um, like, oh man, I'm, I'm the worst for it. Like, I'm really bad. Like, I, I'll, I, I'll do it for a joke and I'll just keep it going for ages. Uh, like, you know, like completely downplay, you know, the success of my friends and stuff like that. Obviously, Jim gets the brunt of it, but no one's really safe from it. So it was just a nice little moment in that documentary where, where I really humanized both Christian and Edge and I enjoyed that. So I don't know, man, like I think on a personal level, probably the Shibata one because it means more to me personally, but that's not to downplay the Edge one. Like the, the actual pop, uh, you know, was so loud for the Edge one. So yeah, they were both super, super awesome. All right. I purposely didn't, really think or look at this question because it's a good one and i didn't want to like overthink it coming into recording it i want some spontaneity Ooh, it's so exciting <laughs> um, all right the question is if you had to pick someone from music someone from comedy someone from wrestling someone from football to have around yours for a dinner party who would you pick and why Ooh, all right so music comedy wrestling football all solid categories of entertainment categories forms of entertainment i don't know oh yes okay i'm talking to myself in my spare room oh the glamour right someone from music Ooh, i'm assuming this is kind of like the whole doesn't matter if they're dead or alive or anything like that um someone from music do you know what is the controversial choice. I'm not going to go with someone like really cool and trendy, like Prince or someone like that. I'm going to go with someone and I'm going to explain why. Right. I'll have the lad from Reverend in the Makers, you know, the lead singer, because he he's he proper loves Football Manager. And if you've never seen it, if you've ever seen a Football Manager documentary, I can never, I, I think, I think, I think it's called Football Manager Ruin My Life. I think it's got Tony Jameson in it anyway, the boy. Uh, and it's got the guy from Reverend in the Makers, whose name I don't even know. Uh, if I'm being brutally honest, because I, I, you know, I'm not really listening to their music. But 
him in that documentary talking about football manager just made me love that guy. I was like, oh, that guy seems pretty sound. So I'm going to go with him. All right, so that's music. Someone from comedy. Um, it'd be really boring if I just picked well, like, actually one of my mates um, from comedy. Um, so you've got a guy from Reverend and Makers. I'm going to go with Jim Jeffries because um, I've never met him despite living in Manchester for a while. Um, I would say that like Manchester is a massive city, you know, and you just knock into people. I mean, you do, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Jim Jeffries because I feel like he'd have some good, you know, dinner party stories. And I feel like him and the lad from Reverend and the Makers would get on quite well. You know, I have a couple of drinks, beers flowing. You know, I'll go over to me, me drinks bureau, me cabinet and be like, oh, do you want a bit of... A bit of whiskey, everyone will go, and the whiskey starts flowing. I feel like Jim Jeffries would be good in that environment. Probably terrible in terms of like you know controlling him and the clean up afterwards. But yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, Jim Jeffries from comedy, someone from wrestling. <sighs> Christ, again, it'd be boring if I picked someone I actually know. Um, you know what? Seen as seen as I've actually mentioned him, I'm gonna go with Edge. Uh, just in that documentary, it just seems like a sound bloke. Just seems really sound. Seems like he'd have a laugh, you know. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's it. I'm going. I'm going with Edge. Just don't overthink it. So I've got Lee Singer, Reverend Makers, Jim Jeffries, Edge. Hell of a dinner party. This and someone from football. Ah, oh, see, football's tricky because a lot of footballers are assholes, or they're boring, or you don't really know the the the, the, the mystery third character. Uh, category, sorry, not character. From from football. Do you know, I, I know I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Freddie Adu because I just wanna I just wanna talk to him about his career. That 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 man has lived a career that that has got like if you're listening to this and you're a documentary maker and you happen to be American and you happen to know Freddie Adu, I know these things are you know probably chanting it a bit, but. Just someone make a documentary on Freddie Adu, like a real-life documentary about how this 15-year-old kid was meant to be like the Pele of American football, as in USA soccer, I should say. And and, and it just didn't materialise. Um, yeah, so, right, recap. Uh, yeah, make someone make a Freddie Adu documentary before I do. Fuck it, I'll do it. Why not? You know, because this is the time to be coming up with bold claims when we're all in isolation. Right, anyway... Dinner party from music, lead singer of Reverend and a maker, so we can talk about football manager. Jim Jeffries, just for the chaos from comedy. Um, Edge from wrestling, because I just feel like he'd help you wash up afterwards and maybe even bring like a good bit of food um, and generally just be a nice bloke. Um, and then from football, I'd bring Freddie Adu to just talk to him, man, just to get to know him. There you go, done. Sweet. All right, next question. Um, what will be your TEW20 saves slash save? Um, I've not played TEW um, for many a year, if I'm being brutally honest. I I, I, had, I, I was dicking around on EWR like a few months ago, maybe like four or five months ago, because it was one, I, th- I think I was talking about it a lot on the podcast, um, a bit of a nostalgia kick. Um, and uh, yeah, proper I proper loved EWR. And it, it it reminded me of like just the hours that I would spend. I mean, I mean like proper hours as well. Not 
you know, like oh, an hour here and there. Like I was proper obsessed with that game in the, in in the back <laughs> back in back in the day, and just like uh, so. I guess if I was gonna do it, I always really like the historic mods and like scenarios because I always I always like the idea of changing the course of history. Like that always really appealed to me. I don't know why. There was a really good EWR mod that was like 1975, which was like peak Harley Race, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and Dusty, the Funk Brothers, the Briscoes, uh, and then like young Ric Flair, young Ricky Steamboat. I love that mod. It was so good because it was like, it was really well made and like really accurate. Um, you had like a couple of the British guys on there as well. Um, but I loved that because I, it, it felt a little bit like going back and playing an old football manager or old champ man where you knew who the wonder kids were, <laughs> you know, like you knew who was going to be good. But I, I really enjoyed that one. But yeah, historical ones. I, I like, I, they did, um, I don't know, they might still do it. They did like a, a, I think they were called scenarios. I feel like that's what they were called. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. But they did a one called like NWA Domination, I think it was called, which essentially was what happens if Vincent Mann didn't become the monopoly on hashtag sports entertainment that he was and that like the NWA was still a thing and then it still had territories and people that owned the territories and like there was like Ric Flair promotions and like World Class was run by Dusty. I love that one. Because there was like a modern edition, which which is well old now, because it's probably like oh five, oh six, and there was like a nineteen ninety one, which like I don't know why nineteen ninety was a really interesting year for me in in terms of like wrestling because I never watched it at the time and I got interested like later, so I went back and watched it. But people like you know Kurt Henning slash Mister Perfect and Rick Rude, you know Young Steve Austin, Brian Pillman, like it 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 it, it got my interest. Um, and that, that mod, I really enjoyed that mod. Like, because Calgary Stampede was a was a territory, I and mean, I, 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 I'm always really fascinated about like the old NWA territories, like uh, even the English stuff, like you would have heard with the World of Sport um, references and podcasts that I've done. Like, I love that, that time period. I love, I love a, I love a really good um, wrestling historian. Um, John Lister's the immediate one that comes to my brain. I want to say wrestling historian. Um, yeah, John's an absolute encyclopedia. Dean Isaias was, uh, uh, I'm in a Facebook group with him and he dropped some absolute knowledge on me the other day on just a random post I put up on there. And uh, yeah, he's he's always worth a, worth a conversation with as well. So yeah, if you're, if, you're a, if you're a proper wrestling historian, and I don't mean that in like some <laughs> diminishing way to anyone else, <laughs> like, oh yeah, you need to come with a certificate. But like, I, lo- I love a wrestling historian. It's super fascinating, man. Like, that 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 time period and stuff. Um, so yeah, there you go. That would probably be. It. I'd probably do like an old NWA save, or a, like a nineteen ninety one. Um, I mean, I've got some spare time, so maybe I will download it. Um, who knows? Uh, thoughts on AFP firing Santos? Yes. So in the recent days, it's come come out that. Uh, Los Federales Super Santos Jr. has been relinquished of his duties within the anti-fun police. Um, controversial, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I I have a soft spot for Santos. Um, you know, he's a... Uh, uh, I knew his, his father um, very well, uh, Super Santos Sr. We used to we used to ride back in the day. Uh, didn't speak very didn't speak a lot of English, but you know, was always good company. 
never took the mask off. Um, she respected his heritage. So, you know, I've, no, I've known the Santos family a long time. So you, you don't want to see a situation like this arise where where it impacts on his life. But then, you know, you've got to be impartial and you know, you've got to have your business head on and you have to say that, you know, Santos Jr.'s antics uh, essentially what have led him to this point. I, I've seen that man, in, uh, you know, shake his booty too much. He pulls his weapon um, out at any opportunity. And, and that's that's a problem, you know. Uh, I'm led to believe as well that he's refused to wear a body cam uh, at times during matches despite having the appropriate... Uh, the appropriate vest in which you could attach it to. So, you know, you've got you to gotta be fair as well. Uh, you know, try not to get emotionally attached to this. Um, and, and if there is, a, you know, evidence to suggest that as a man that enjoys fun, and I think we all know we have seen him have some fun sometimes, then maybe the Chief is right in, in, in you know, taking action and, and having to relieve Santos Jr. of his, uh, of his duties. Well, I mean, that's quite, you know, a sad note, really, isn't it? Um, but we're not finishing on that. That's fine. We've got one more question. Uh, we're going to finish on a slightly happier happier note, I hope. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've not answered the question yet, so it could could well be an unhappy note. Um, I saved this question to last because I really I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm probably going to talk on it a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, go into a bit more depth. And, and I, think it, I, think it's, I think it's a good time to... To sort of talk about it because I feel like, uh, you know, you, you, when you take a, back, uh, a step back from something, you can you can kind of see the bigger picture on a whole. So, uh, the final question is: How have you found having a creative role within progress? What was the transition like, and how has it changed the way you watch wrestling? Um. So yeah, all right. There's a few things to unpack there. Um. So I, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um. If I was being brutally honest, I, I it was a, it was a, it's, it's it's still a weird situation because um, obviously we announced it um, on the podcast or well, the live podcast that we did that never that never came out the hashtag lost episode um, and obviously I, I was I think I was already in terms of creative I was already having some input um, so I sort of yeah I sort of came in post MPS slash that Ali Pali show. Um, so yeah, it was, it's, it, I'm glad we announced it. Um, I, even though at the time I had my, my reservations, um, cause I'm quite a private person and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to hide anything or anything like that. I just, you know, I just, if I'm a, What's the what's the term introvert extrovert? Um, you know, I'm quite extroverted with my, with my job and um, my professional life. That I like to, I'm quite inward when I'm when I'm in my own company or you know in, in private company and, and with like friends and family and whatever. So, I, on the one hand, I, I kind of didn't. I was kind of like, oh, you know, I don't really want people to know because I didn't want it to to alter any relationships or the way people saw me or you know anything like that. But on the other hand, I think we needed to take a forward step because there was already murmurings and rumblings and a few people kind of knew already. So I, I'm, I'm very much of the belief when it's something like that, I, I'd like to get in front of it. Um, I, I didn't expect Jim to, Jim said it, like I didn't expect Jim to, to say about the ring announcing because I mean, that was probably a harder decision to make because I like, I felt it, it's, it's, it's weird because 
I feel it's I find it odd when when people know me from one thing and and don't me from know me from another, and I feel like yeah, I've got more experience as ring announcer, you know, and I'm, I'm ring announcer for some really incredible companies, and you know, it's 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 been an absolute trip, man. It's just been wicked, but you know, progress. I was known as the commentator, you know, and I lo- I love commentary. Like I still I still miss it, and and, and I still. Yeah, I, I just I enjoy it because it's it's there's 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 a nature to it that if you go head first into it, um, you can really like really just make it your own and get stuck into it. And I you know I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the, the sort of the prep of it, but then also the the spontaneous nature of like loads of things can change and you have to kind of like be switched on and like riff off everything and you know i i just love commentary in general so it was a really hard decision to decide to put that one on the back burner for the the right of the company because you know we 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 spoke a lot about who was going to replace jim as a ring announcer we had a massive list of people and you know me glenn and john spoke about it a lot and it just came to a situation where I think the the best transition or the easiest transition was always going to be Jim to me, um, and yeah, it kind of you know it was my decision ultimately. I was kind of like, hey, like it just needs to be me. It just makes sense. It's the most you know logical thing to do, and and um, and, and hopefully it was the right decision. I mean, you've not seen me much, uh, <laughs> which is uh, which yeah, it was another thing. So I mean. Yeah, like I think I think creatively, it's been crazy because I keep I keep joking that like I've essentially just cursed progress because since I've come in, especially as a ring announcer, like our January show we had the injury to Eddie, um, Cardiff was wild though that you know probably smoother, uh, and then like we've always it's always had <laughs> we've always had something happen, um, and that we have to readjust. Um, uh, and you know, really like tear up plans and, and and go again. So it's been a massive learning curve in terms of of not being too attached to certain things. You know, in terms of creative direction and stuff like that. Because you know, one thing happens and it's like a domino effect. It takes everything out. So learning to have to be, um, you know, work under pressure and make decisions under pressure um, has been 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 a big learning curve for me. Um, I think. I think for the most part it's been, you know, with that aside, I think I have had the experience of creative input in the past, you know, for a few places, um, Future Shock and, and Tech Season are the two main ones. So, you know, I kind of, I knew how to get my point across and like how to flesh things out, like storylines and character points and all that stuff. I, I kind of had a good idea how to do all that already because it's something I had done. Um, but again it's that adjustment of like trying to attach that to a business model um or you know the state of play that you're in or a circumstance that happens because it's independent wrestling super unpredictable you know people get pulled from shows people get injured there's travel issues there's family emergencies like anything can happen there's pandemics (laughs) that can happen you know and completely change everything so like you need to learn to not get like super attached to one storyline or one idea because it could be the best idea in the world ever and the best storyline in the world ever but if something happens you need to be able to like let that go a little bit and I, I think I was 
super guilty of stuff um, creatively in the past um, for that. Like I was, uh, you know, something changed or I gave someone an idea and then they put into practice the idea, but they did it in their own way and it wasn't how I envisioned it. And I always ended up not resenting the person because that's just completely irrational and unfair. But I always ended up not enjoying what actually happened because I had this attachment to this this idealistic viewpoint that I had. So I had to learn to really get rid of that. Um, and it, sometimes it hurts, you know, and it still does. You know, all three of us, man, like, you know, this, this we we have our own ideas and we have our own inputs. And obviously we have preferences and stuff so like having to work in that that it's it's you know have diplomacy working in a, in a unit in a group and stuff and like and i mean it's probably going to shock you all but we don't all necessarily always agree you know and, and it's not a case of two of us always agreeing or you know this two or whatever it's you know it is it is genuinely as diplomatic as we can be and we have to be as fair so i think the biggest thing that's happened in terms of me watching wrestling or absorbing wrestling is having to put my own tastes on the back burner sometimes because I have to have a a broader a broader outlook of wrestling. So I have preferences of styles, you know, and preferences of of in ring an in ring style, you know, as well as, as a character or whatever. And I essentially can't play to make the reference earlier, EWR or TEW where I just book my own you know, promotion a book, constantly book the same things that I want to see because ultimately it's not about what I want to see. It's about what the fans want to see and what people want to see from the company. And so that's the biggest adjustment that I've had to make. And it's made me watch wrestling slightly different. Like I, I now watch matches um, and shows from a larger, a uh, much wider, much larger viewpoint of, okay, you know, that might have not been to my taste, but, was there value in this match? Was there value in this character? Was there value in this situation? And so I think it's actually probably helped me, um, help me have a more balanced outlook and and you know opinions on wrestling. I mean, I, it's it's hard, you know it's hard because like I still I still have a set preference on on style of wrestling. I like you know I, I'm I kind of have that old school thing in my head of like Bell goes the two two wrestlers or the tag team or whatever happens they 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 tell the story and and it's and it's ring work first it's ring work first it's ring work first but like that's not what wrestling is in in you know 2020 you know it's there's so many more facets to it now you have to be entertaining you have to be engaging you have to be you know um have to brand yourself well you know you have to convey your character in an interesting way because you know everyone's shouting to try and get attention and try and get noticed um and try and stand out but you have to be so much more than just a wrestler now so it's i think it, it's really it's helped me um be more balanced and rational in decision making it's kind of <laughs> it hasn't ruined wrestling for me um because i always i've always had quite an analytical viewpoint on wrestling anyway um because again, it's that weird thing of I only, you know, I started in wrestling um, in whatever capacity, you know, as a wrestler when I was 15. Um, and I've always been in wrestling. Um, and I, I, I'd only started watching wrestling when I was like 12, 11 or 12, maybe 10. So, like, I only had like a, 
at most five years worth of being i hate this sounds really disrespectful but i guess there's no better term but like you know i had five years of being a fan or just being a fan because i've always been a fan i'm still am a fan of wrestling but yeah i had a weird situation in the sense that i've been a a person in wrestling longer than i've been just a fan of wrestling um so i'd always had this slightly analytical viewpoint on wrestling um and i think yeah it's it's probably got worse now <laughs> i i do i'll be honest with you man i still i i i, I struggle to watch some shows because i just can't find enjoyment in it because i'm too switched on so i kind of have to like distance myself a little bit from some stuff but i i love i love that people send me stuff like i, I it's my favorite thing in the world ever you know um whether it's a promotion or a wrestler or whatever like i love when people reach out to me and and, and ask their opinion um and i always try and give it in a balanced way um hopefully <laughs> so you know if you're a wrestler listen to this or you're a promoter listen to this or you're anyone listen to this and like you know you're proud of something that you've created if it's a if it's a match it's a show if you're a ring announcer or you commentated on it if you're refereed and stuff like that like I, I know i always say it but like you know i am super available for this stuff like especially during this period you know like this is a great time to sort of take a step back and take stock of everything so if you want me to look at something i'm more than happy to you know it might take me a little while to get around to it um but i'm happy to do that like so if that's something that interests you you know then, then do it like I, I try and be as as readily available as possible and like this is the reason why i do these q a episodes to sort of wrap this up now um and finish the episode up is that you know i'm not doing it just to be like hey here's an episode <laughs> like i'm doing it because i want you guys to to interact and and, and ask me questions um and genuine and gen- genuinely like have some some form of connection you know whatever whatever reasons like i always try and be honest as possible so you know hopefully that comes across and 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 hopefully saying it out loud and talking about it and sort of spitballing in my spare room with my cat um talking to myself um, hopefully it, it, it helps you if you know if you've had worries or reservations about reaching out about matches or stuff like that then hopefully you know that 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 makes it go away and it helps you sort of take the step over the line. But um, yeah, there we go. That's this week's episode. It got all a bit, got all a bit, you know, spitball-y and like, you know, I don't know, <laughs> a bit rambly. But yeah, hopefully, you know, you guys enjoyed it. And again, like if you guys got have any questions, just, just feel free to just fire them over. Um, I'm, I'm reducing my time on Twitter for my own sanity uh so it might again it might take me a day or two to, to see it but in general i'm, I'm pretty accessible uh, you can find me on twitter at m richard's host my dms are open um i believe uh they should be um so yeah drop me a message on there um tell your friends about everything uh to do with tnj i always really appreciate like i said at the beginning of the episode all the listens and all the interactions uh and i'll be back probably in two weeks time now so uh i have um the watch long series obviously uh, there's some more matches that are coming out now um that i'm, I'm going to try and put some time aside to watch and probably do a watch along with uh, but i've also got a couple of ideas in my head going around um over the last week or two about more stuff i, I want to do during this period of, of isolation so um yeah keep it keep an ear out and an eye out for that but in the meantime take care of yourselves take care of your family look out for each other and i'll see you next time on Tuesday.
night, Joe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.